This is Daily Wager Extra. Here's Doug Kazarian. Welcome to the latest Daily Wager Extra podcast. So, yes, we do the Daily Wager Extras on Thursdays now to preview the football weekend and then also Sunday night. If you want to go recap some of that, Mackenzie Kramer, researcher extraordinaire. I've referenced him. He joined me on Sunday nights. As for this week, John Murray coming up momentarily. We have a little uh, bonanza as well. Murray, 2-0. and Really hot out of the gates. We're both in the black, although I'm $100 in the black. So, But it's better than being $100 in the red. So good there. So we'll talk NFL. Intriguing card like it is every week. We had some wild finishes, some kicking us for loser moments. We'll recap as well. I just want to touch on some college games. You know, obviously all of our picks are on ESPN.com's chalk section. We do it on Daily Wager as well. We're having some fun with the college pick game, triple option as well. But my favorite play this weekend is Alabama first quarter over. 13 and a half, sort of a bizarre game, I guess. Uh, I shouldn't say I guess. Of course it is. A first quarter over under is my best bet for the college weekend. But I'll just tell you this. Off that performance and then nearly blowing the game, Saban is not happy. And I think he's going to have their attention. They have Ole Miss on deck. Ole Miss is a bye this week. So this is a time where I just love Bama and that they don't mess around with these inferior teams. So going back a handful of years, once they've had the spread offense installed, because obviously you need offense and tempo to get the possessions in a first quarter, They've scored at least 14 points in all, but like two of them. One was the Citadel. Remember, Citadel runs that triple option in 2018. And then a couple years before that was Chattanooga. But that was, again, Jalen Hurts, not as skilled as the last couple quarterbacks they've had. So I think we see 14-0, 21-0. On top of that, Southern Miss, who's an okay program, their starting quarterback is out. So the backup is real limited. And I think... Bama's going to crush them. So I like the side at minus 10.5, and I like over 13.5. Maybe we're getting a little too cute here, but I really think there's an edge there. I think this closes, the total does, at least 14. I think 13.5 is a bad number. It should be 14. I think we're going to get three possessions for Bama. They can easily get some three and outs. Last week they, or excuse me, they had, they faced uh, Mercer earlier this year. They had a blocked punt in the first quarter, a scoop and score, after really struggling out of the gate. So I think we're going to get a strong effort. Um, I think it's like 14 nothing, 21 nothing kind of thing. At the end of the first quarter, that's my best bet. In terms of a regular point spread, I'm going North Carolina minus 12. Nice effort from Georgia Tech. I mean, they almost recovered a fumble in the goal line situation. They almost beat Clemson at Clemson. Ridiculous, right? Great effort. But they're still a team that's not very good. And it's definitely like a flat spot, if you will. I think North Carolina's finding their mojo again. Five touchdown passes for Sam Howell. Uh, that game at Lane Stadium, beginning of the year, that when they lost as a road favorite, it's understandable. It's a ridiculous environment. No crowds last year. It was a tough ask, right? And they shot themselves in the foot a little bit, lost a lot of guys to the NFL. So I, I think this team's kind of finding its groove, and they're going to make a run here. I think covering the 12-and-a-half, 13 is a solid play for North Carolina. Kicking is for losers. Back with the man, the myth, the legend, John Murray. Uh, any notable kicking is for losers moments? Not like we had the first two weeks. Anything stand out in terms of uh, our, our the search party out there? Wouldn't it have to be the, the Texans punt? Where the coach, uh, oh my the coach accepted the penalty. What is it? He accepted the penalty to make it fourth and two instead of third. No, he declined the penalty, right? Either way, he, he had a choice between fourth and two and third and ten. He chose fourth and two, and he punted. And the you look know, I, on Stefanski, wasn't that what it was? Yes, exactly. So I forgot. I did the I did a pot Sunday. I already talked about it. I just forgot that it was still the same yeah. week. So, yeah, it was third and 15. <laughs> there was a penalty where it could have been third and 10 at midfield, mind you. So it wasn't like they got a good punt. And he declined zone. It. Right, he declined it. And yeah. Stefanski just like, baffled uh, when they showed the cutaway of him. Well, if you were if you were Stefanski, I would think that you're you're hoping that they 
decline, or you're, you're hoping that they accept the penalty? I, I don't know. But I'm sure that never even crossed his mind that they would punt, right? Like when they decline the penalty, it's like, oh, okay, they're declining it because they're obviously going to go for it on 42. And then he punts. And I think if I have this correct, the punt went into the end zone. Yes, it did. Which makes it even funnier. Mm -hmm. So they barely gain any, because I was actually watching that game uh, because I had, I used Cleveland and Survivor. So I'm watching the game, but I don't have audio on because I'm working uh, as I watch. And I was so confused like what the hell just happened? Why did they just punt? I don't think anybody could ever understand one. That, that, understand that one. That's got to be the the kicking is for losers moment of the year so far. Oh gosh, I'm torn. I still think the gold standard is the Matt Rule punt. That was a great one. That, that, they're, they're both fantastic. But you're right. Can't we, can't we? We have to at least all agree that they're giving us a lot of amusement. Rather, however you want to rank them, they're all funny. And we're enjoying them all. I got a couple of people on Twitter like, oh, you're only going to talk about this. You're not going to talk about the great people, the great decided to take points and all this stuff. And I'm just like, if you're going to die on this hill, I can't, I can only explain to you. I can't understand it for you. So um, it's take like, points. they're like flexing uh, after the Washington, the Giants Washington game. Like they're flexing off yeah. that, like the, all those trading of fuels. Like some were obviously good kicks, but not the right decision just because they got three points. It's, people just don't get it. So that's no. fine. Just- just because something worked out for you didn't, doesn't mean you made the right decision. I mean, well, it doesn't uh, even work out necessarily. Like, just because you get the three points doesn't mean it was. Yeah. It was um, okay, so let's get I've into this many, card. Many times in my life, Doug, I've made a lot of poor decisions over the years. I somehow got away with. So let, just just right. because something right. worked out doesn't mean you were correct in doing so. Let's. I'll leave it at that. Well said. Um, I have some fascinating stats, and it starts with tonight. Uh, Carolina, Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine you have some sharp money at eight and a half that's brought it down to eight. It's all. It's been all Carolina so far, but th- there's been a little bit of resistance uh, in the last 24 hours on on Houston. I should say before that it was all Carolina. A little bit of a line adjustment with the new quarterback uh, Mills going in there for Taylor. But when we opened this game, we were we were opening it thinking it was probably going to be Mills. That's why the number the number started seven and a half, got bet down to seven, then jumped back up now to eight, eight and a half. Uh, there's been some money on Houston, but it's, it's, it's just an avalanche of Carolina, Carolina, money line parlays, Carolina teasers going down to two. It's certainly been very, very one-sided. Here's the stat. So basically the look ahead line was what? Three and a half. We had three and a half before uh, last week's action. Yes, that's correct. But some of that is just, you know, Carolina looking really good, right? So it's not just the quarterback switch, but I'd probably rather oh, have no. I'd probably rather have Tyrod plus four and a half at home than than Davis Mills at seven and a half eight, but I'm okay with the eight. I mean, so rookie quarterbacks, excuse me, any quarterback making his first career start on Thursday of a short week. So not there was week one. Forget the week one, right? Because that's not really a short week. Uh, on any Thursday, um, since since the last ten seasons is five and zero ATS, four and one outright. So I just think there's yeah, an overreaction and- to the quarterback switch. There is an overreaction there, and believe me, Taylor is not worth four and a half, five points. I mean, nobody thinks that. The number, the, the number moved a lot because of Carolina being so impressive in their win against New Orleans. That was a very complete win by the Panthers. They look like a real dark horse in the NFC South, maybe a contender in the NFC overall. And that's the main reason this number's moved. The switch to the quarterback is, is a factor. I'm not saying it's not worth anything. But it's right. mostly because of how well Carolina has been looking through week through two weeks of the season. 
Let's pump the brakes a little bit, though. I mean, they have played both games at home, and they got to play the Jets. Mm-hmm. And then a New Orleans team that was kind of in disarray hasn't played a home game yet and was missing eight offensive coaches. Like, I mean, just well, they were the they were more bit. than in disarray. That's why I liked Carolina last week. We had one of our listeners ask me that on Twitter. Why did you like Carolina? Well, because because everybody knows I love Jameis Winston. Well, right. New Orleans had I think eight coaches out in COVID quarantine. They had two of their best players on defense were were, were injured for that game, and then. And then you've got the built-in overreaction, New Orleans. So we talk about overreactions a lot. New Orleans had that great week one win against Green Bay. That was just a bad number. Carolina plus three and a half was a bad. I was going to go down with. If I lost it, I lost it. Right. But that was a bad number. That should was a classic a overreaction line. Yeah, no, I thought yeah. it should have been around the pick neighborhood. But first time, by the way, ever that Sam Darnold is a touchdown or more favorite in the NFL. Of course, that happened in college. So about the overreaction thing. So this is kind of fun. Since mm-hmm. 2010 – Teams that start out 0-2 ATS, so just fail to cover. There's only five teams left that are 0-2 ATS. One of them is the Chiefs. So we got both ends of the spectrum. We also have the Jets, Falcons, Jaguars, and Washington. So teams that are 0-2 ATS in week three, or their third game, I should say, are like covering over 60% in their third game. Well, the Chiefs never cover, so should we just throw them out, of the, out the window in these ATS discussions? I mean, when does that when does that team ever cover a point spread? They're 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 amazing. Um, that is a, that's interesting though, and and we'll certainly be uh, we'll cer- we'll certainly be rooting for a couple of those teams this week, uh, but probably not the Chiefs. Yeah. So basically, you know, these are also um, fun facts. You know, they're not necessarily predictive, but some of these are predictive. Like I I, I kind of dismiss a lot of the stats we have and we regurgitate, but I feel like these can be predictive. Also, another fun one: the last twenty five years. Home dogs in this month, that first month of the season, that are catching um, over a touchdown. So this weekend it's Detroit and Jacksonville, thirty-seven and twenty-one ATS, so six thirty-eight uh, when uh, cover percentage. So basically, just wow. again overreaction. So because usually you guys don't have big spreads early in the year, right? You you're trying to figure out who the bad teams are. You don't know how bad they are. There's usually yeah. an error on the side of Not caution. Normally, thing. so if you get these huge dogs at home. Maybe maybe it's just not there yet. It's coming though. I mean, if you look at the the numbers for next week, I, I think that I don't have it in front of me at the moment, but I think Buffalo is like a sixteen point favorite against Houston next week. Sixteen and a half point favorite. Mercy. I just pulled it up. So Mercy. it's coming. It's coming. Buffalo, of course, will be everybody's survivor play week four. Mm-hmm. But first, you got to get through week three. Who are you going this week? You alluded to it two survivor references. So we got to ask you who you yeah. got this week. I think we're leaning towards Denver uh, as the That's play. Uh, they, they're at home. Against, they're at home against the New York Jets. Be tough spot for the Jets. Denver's home opener, and the Broncos' defense has looked very good. And Zach Wilson's looked pretty overwhelmed. Although Denver does have some games later in the season. They've got a home game against Washington, and they've got another game that I can't recall at the moment right now. But they've got a, there's a few other spots you could use Denver in. We talked about Baltimore. Baltimore's laying eight on the road against Detroit. They've got a very difficult schedule the rest of the way. So this may be the week to use Baltimore. And then I know a lot of people are going to use Carolina I don't know about tonight. that. I don't know about that. I actually – I'm on Detroit first half in that game. I'm just saying that if you look at Baltimore's schedule, this will probably be your best chance to use them gotcha. unless Carson Wentz can't go in two weeks. Two weeks from now, the Monday night game is Indianapolis at Baltimore. And if Wentz is out, then that's when you use Baltimore. But if Wentz is back in, this is probably going to be their their lowest point spread or highest point spread, pardon, of the year. 
Yeah, I've mapped out some games. I mean, you don't know about this. I have that game in week five for sure. Uh, at mm-hmm. uh, at home, the Bengals, you don't know if like Burrow's going to be. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity. Like, we don't know True. about Big Ben. Big Ben's already limping around. He's age 39. It's week three, and he already may not go. So who knows what the Steelers well, Ravens probably the right thing. Using Denver is probably the right thing to do you're, because of what you're saying. You, we don't know what, what I don't love look the like Denver pick. December, it, just, it has to be the best. It's the, it's the playing. The, I just think, and there's not that many good spots to use Denver. Actually, as good as they are, both Denver and Carolina mm-hmm. don't have a lot, like really any other good spots for a while. No, they don't. Denver does have that Washington game I mentioned, though. They do get right. Washington going at the Broncos uh, a few weeks from. I think it's in a few weeks, but I, I think Denver's probably going to end up being the play. But it's fun to talk about. I hope a lot of people do Carolina tonight because I think I, I think Houston's a live dog to, as much as they can be. Let's put it that way. Um, okay, okay, so I gave you some trends. There's some teasers that are going to be very popular. I would imagine you've gotten some Arizona teaser money, um, maybe even some Houston money tonight. I would imagine that's uh, very popular out there. Carolina money, Carolina, yeah, excuse you're me, right. Carolina. Arizona, Arizona. I, I knew what you meant. Arizona money, uh, Baltimore money, Buffalo money. Buffalo is a seven and a half Buffalo. point favorite against Washington. That that's going to be another one. Uh, if you go further down the board, some teams you might want to look to tease in the opposite direction would be the Rams. You can go up through seven with the Rams, and the same thing with the Vikings. They're at home against Seattle. Other than that, uh, th- those are those are the those are your main your main teaser looks this week for sure. People will tease Denver, but I, I don't agree with I don't agree with teasing uh, a team down when you can't get them through three. I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't tease uh, I wouldn't tease Denver in that spot. Yeah, I'm thinking about the Vikings too, but I'm keeping an eye on that Dalvin Cook injury. I, I can't pull the trigger just yet. I was uh, we did all this. We're doing all this for the Daily Wager show, so. Uh, these are things I've very, been very thorough through. In terms of games this weekend, so the Ravens' big win. Uh, I just I like I mentioned Detroit first half plus four. I mean, look, they were winning at Lambeau. I think they're a little more competent than I was giving them credit for entering the season. Jared Goff. I mean, that fourth and one. He's a guy underneath standing at the first down marker, and he just completely throws it in like tight coverage on the sideline. Incomplete. He cannot see the field. He's not very good. But their offense is okay. I think the Ravens' ultimate flat spot, uh, a lot of travel for them, obviously going to Vegas, then back home, and now back out. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that's sort of the tricky spot, if you will, that stand out to me. Um, any other spots really stand out to you? I, I think Arizona going to Jacksonville. I'm on the Jags plus 7.5. I, I I just have to take the I, kinda, I I agree with that one. I, I agree with you. You can get some 7.5s out there in town. We're at 7 uh, seven minus twenty. I should specify that on Arizona, but I, I like that spot too. That is the most one-sided ticket count we have as well. And Arizona really should have lost that game on Sunday. Yeah, it was a 30-40-yard field goal. Yeah, thirty. I think it was thirty. Yeah, whatever. Mid thirties, indoor stadium. They had it on the hash the kid wanted, and then he missed it. So that Minnesota, Arizona should have lost that game. They're a little inflated right now at two and zero. I agree with you. I don't want to give any, I don't want to give too much away before we get into the bonanza. But I, mm. I, I'm I'm eyeing I'm eyeing the same side you are there. Tough spot for Baltimore. Baltimore that was a great win on Sunday night. Save the books. Everybody was on the Chiefs. Great win for us with Baltimore winning that game outright. I can't believe you didn't want to talk about the the decision by John Harbaugh to to go for it on fourth and one. You know, we talk about these kicking us for losers moments. Obviously Baltimore did the right thing there because Kansas city was desperately hoping that they would punt. 
Right. And all they had to do was get one yard with their best player. What's the best part of Baltimore's team? Running the football. That's their, that is their wheelhouse. Their defense really doesn't look very good through two weeks. I watched the Raiders carve them up, and Kansas City carves up everybody. So why would you even consider punting it back to Patrick Mahomes when all you have to do is get one yard with the strength of your team? Of course they made the right decision. I can't believe there was even any conversation about that. Well, my issue was the spot. It should have been about two and a half yards. It was a horrendous mm-hmm. spot. Uh, these refs, man, with the spots, it just drive me crazy. And there's never a review. And then Andy Reid, horrendous coaching decision. First, not arguing about the spot and being aware there. Second, right. before that, what's he doing going all conservative, power eye, handing the ball to Clyde Edwards-Alaire? They needed to kill clock and move the ball, yeah. put the ball. In. Look, this is Andy Reid, who's – I love how unconventional he is. I mean, last year, Mahomes is injured. He throws the ball for the first down with the backup QB hits uh, Tyreek, and all of a sudden they're going on to the next round of the playoffs. So I, I love that Andy Reid zigs when you think he's going to zag. For him to get conservative like that was ridiculous, and the Edwards Elair fumble. So everyone writing off the Chiefs is kind of it funny was, to me. It, well, you don't want to write off the Chiefs. I agree. I, I agree with you though. I was saying the same thing on, on Monday uh, Monday night, kind of recapping that game. You don't have to score the touchdown. I, I understand what they were thinking. They wanted to run out the clock and kick a field goal as time expired. I get that. But you could still throw the ball. Just tell your guy not to go in the end zone. Like, they can, they can throw for 10 yards on every play if they want to. How do they possibly go so conservative that they, they put themselves in a position where that could happen? It's just not in his I, DNA, I, so I, I don't understand it. It's just, just baffling because over the years, he's, he's been the guy who will throw in that situation. So I was really annoyed yeah. there. The obvious decision, and you know what's funny? Not to get too off track, but that, that decision by Harbaugh, kind of makes you reconsider last year's NFC Championship game. Remember, Matt LaFleur was like, oh, we'll just force a punt, and then Brady, like, it's third and eight to get the first down. Like, that Mm -hmm. brings in third and seven into the discussion, too. I mean, like, seven yards, because, you know, you guard the sticks, force a punt. Now that's not necessarily the case. Your defense is asked to do more now. Covers seven yards. You don't know where they're going to. It's just another layer in this decision-making process, which probably means Matt LaFleur should have been even more likely to go for it on fourth down uh, instead of kicking the field goal. Now, I was okay with it. Not didn't love it, but I was okay with it. I understood it. But either way, this is part of the thinking and goes back to Belichick against the Colts a decade and a half ago, right? And then they went for it in that shootout on Sunday night. At the time, that was considered so controversial. But in retrospect, Belichick obviously was correct to do that. It just didn't work out that time. Right. The live betting market will tell you it was the right thing to go for, and that happened again this time with Baltimore and Kansas City, although there wasn't a timeout like there was with Colts-Patriots where the market could, as much as it can, mature uh, in the live betting market. But we, we saw the Chiefs were favored. Once they got the stop, the Chiefs were favored, and they were easily moving the ball except for the stupid play calling with the power eye. But um, it was nice to see Harbaugh do it. Now they have a dynamic player, they have a dynamic quarterback and dynamic running game, so it's a little yeah, atypical. Yeah. But you're facing the Chiefs. You have, and even a couple of years ago, they went into Arrowhead and went for went for it on fourth down in the first quarter. Even though they have Justin Tucker, they're like, you can't do it the conventional way and go here and win. You have to kind of be aggressive. And the Ravens have always been that. You need to understand mindset. You, you need to understand who you're playing. And we saw it last year when Carolina went into Kansas City. Matt Rule was very aggressive going for it on fourth downs because he knew he couldn't trade field goals with Kansas City and try to and expect to win the game. You know, you're not going to be able to beat that team by being conservative and settling for three points. What we, the Bills we did last sure. year. 
in the postseason. Yeah, exactly. What the Bills did last year in the AFC Championship game is a great example. You know, I think here's one of the interesting things turning to week three. This could be one of the few weeks of the year where the Sunday night game is not the most bet on game. I think we might actually have the most bet on game of the of the week at 125 local time here in Las Vegas. I'm talking, of course, about Tampa Bay against the Rams. This might be the best afternoon game of the year. And one of the few times where we have our biggest handle on a non-primetime game, we've already been flooded with Buccaneer money. We opened this game Rams two and a half. And the, the, the favorite has flipped now. The Buccaneers are a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Everybody's on the Bucks. The wise guys were on the Bucks early, taking the points. And now the public is taking uh, the bad number, paying the one-and-a-half in, in this spot. It's not a great spot for Tampa. You know, this is their first road game of the year. they got to go out to the West Coast. I've been a little bit surprised by just how flooded we're getting with wise guy money on the Buccaneers here. And Tom Brady's got a pretty big one looming next weekend. Don't forget about that. Tom Brady going at uh, New England next week. Pretty big game for him. Yeah, I'd say a pretty big game. I'm surprised you guys opened Rams as a small favorite, knowing the public would be on the Bucs. I think I guess what you guys did not expect was the Sharps taking the Bucs early. It was it was one of the games we talked about the most on Sunday when we were sitting down to set the numbers, and there was a difference of opinion, but I think everybody in the room had the Rams favored. I don't think there was one guy out of the people in that room that had Tampa Bay as a favorite. Now, no one had the Rams a three-point favorite. Everyone's number was like pick them or one, one and a half, two and a half. I'm not saying anybody had the Rams as a big favorite in this game, but we all thought that they, being at home, deserved to be a small favorite here. Uh, it's a fascinating game. I, I'm, I'm very curious. I think we're going to learn a lot about both teams, and I almost don't care who wins. I really don't. But this Bucks team has been sort of – I wish the term Super Bowl hangover applied to the team that won the Super Bowl, but there's a little bit of complacency that set in. They were sloppy in the opener against the Cowboys with the turnovers. Forget the Hail Mary, but three other turnovers, and they were mind, mental turnovers like the screen pass off, play off Lenny's hands. Godwin, I believe it was, who fumbled inside the five. Just just mental turnovers. And then on the flip side, like we don't really know who the Rams are besides Matthew Stafford. Like Some of these weapons, um, and the defense is there, solid, Aaron Donald, all that. But I'm very curious to see what McVay unveils because I feel he's been keeping some things off the scouting videotape. I, I feel he's ready for this one. Right. Great coaching matchup, uh, great quarterback matchup. Tampa Bay's defense really hasn't looked that great uh, through two weeks. I think that final score, their victory over Atlanta last Sunday is a little bit misleading. The Buccaneers had two pick sixes in the fourth quarter of that game. So that, that final blowout score was a little misleading, although I admit the Buccaneers obviously won that game pretty comfortably. Tampa Bay was very lucky to win week one against Dallas. They're, they're very fortunate they won that game. So, so we'll see. This is a great test for them. And believe me, I am not saying I think Tom Brady is looking past this game. Tom Brady doesn't do that. I'm just saying that it's not a great schedule spot for the Buccaneers. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you and I talked earlier in the week. I, I wish I wish it were more of a there was a bad team they were playing on the West Coast, right? The travel and then, you know, because reporters are probably bored if it's a bad game, you ask questions about next week's New England if it's they're going to like a bad Raiders team in Oakland or something like that, right? Like right. one of those like old school, like not Seattle because that's too far, but if the Niners like stunk right, and had injuries or whatever like a handful of years ago, that would be a better spot to just grab the seven and a half at home or something like that. This game has their attention, I think. I just don't know. I mean, obviously, it looks like Antonio Brown is out. Mike Evans is always kind of banged up. Um, and defense of the, the secondary is really thin right now. 
So I'm just so excited to see how this game is. I think we're going to learn a lot, like, whether the Rams are legit. Even if they lose a close game or whatever, I still think they're – but if they get blown out or something, it's like, all right, they don't have the horses. So I'm, uh, I'm excited for this yeah. game, and it certainly makes sense that it's going to have such a huge handle. I think you're going to need a lot of uh, ugly teams this week. I mentioned the Jaguars already. You're going to probably need the Lions uh, with the Ravens off such mm-hmm. a big win. And then uh, you have some short road favorites that you always like to talk about, how the public just loves. Uh, Seattle, probably the public will be on just because the Vikings are 0-2. Uh, what do you make of that uh, game? Because you mentioned the Vikings in a teaser is probably the right way to play. But see, yeah. I wish Seattle was oh, was 2-0 and because it would be Minnesota plus like 2.5 or 3. Well, you're definitely right, for starters. The public is going to be on Seattle. The public's all over the over in this game. So are the wise guys. They've pushed that total from 51 to 55. Seattle Minnesota game that, but the the one you're missing though is is your beloved Raiders. I mean, you talk, ah, we're talking yes, about uh, the biggest one. I mean, yeah, we've got we've got the Superbook in New Jersey now. We've got the Superbook in Colorado now. But this is still the mothership here, the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. That's our mothership, and we are flooded with Raiders money here at the Westgate Superbook in Las Vegas. Very one sided ticket count. Everybody's on your Raiders. And the look-ahead number in this game was more like was a pick'em, more like a pick'em. Now it's four. I see some four and a halfs out there in Nevada. I think it's a little bit of an overreaction because I don't four know how much a of a difference there really is between. I don't know how much of a difference there really is between Tua and Jacoby Brissett, the Miami backup. I think it's an overreaction to the Raiders being two and zero, and also Miami losing thirty-five to nothing last Sunday against a very excellent Buffalo defense a very good Buffalo team that had a bad loss week one, but the bills are still going to prove to be one of the best teams in the AFC. Buffalo's interesting because their offense looked terrible at times against Pittsburgh, but the Steelers in week one were so different than week two, right? TJ Watt gets hurt in the, early in the first quarter against the Raiders. No Devin Bush, no Hayden, very different defense. Uh, I think this game's an under because the Miami offensive line stinks uh, relatively and the Raiders deep front, defensive front is pretty solid. And, I think Brissett's going to be sort of conservative, and I think what Carr's got a bank, bum ankle. I like the Miami defense yeah. in general. I think we're going to see fewer points here for sure. We did a little bit of money on the under there. We went from forty-four and a half to forty-four, but nothing too, uh, nothing too drastic to report there. A little bit to report in the night game: Green Bay, San Francisco. No disrespect to that game. I know I said earlier, like this is one of the few Sunday night games that won't be the highest handle game of the league. It's not because that's not a good game. It is. It's just because. Tampa Bay, L.A. is such a high-profile game. It's overshadowing it a little bit. But very respected money on the over in the Sunday night game. Over 48.5, over 49. We're at 50 right now on the total. Hmm. So so some very sharp money came in there. Niners do have some injuries on defense. I'm not sold on the Packers' defense. We saw what Jameis did do it. Mm -hmm. We saw what Goff did do it in the first half and really had some opportunities in the second half to get a little bit – I there, it's I feel like there's a trendy dog feel to this Packers situation. There is there. It's a that's good. That's a wow. You're good at this stuff, DK. How <laughs> did you know that? There's a there's about a three and a half to one ticket count here on the Green Bay Packers and and, and the Packers in prime time as a dog is not normal. It's it's unusual to see that. And maybe there are people that don't realize how good San Francisco is. This is a team that was one or two plays away from winning the Super Bowl two years ago. And then they just said were decimated by injuries last season. And now I think they're about to take their place, their rightful place towards the top of the NFC this year. But the public is definitely on the dog here. You're right. Yeah, just seven times Rodgers and LaFleur have been an underdog, a uh, road underdog, I should say, 
uh, five and two ATS. I these two teams faced each other. Obviously, some parts are different. But a couple years ago, when the Niners did go to the Super Bowl, they played Green Bay in the regular season. I believe it was Sunday night as well. And and in the postseason, and they just completely beat the brakes off them. I, it was complete mismatch. Yeah. Uh, the Niners the NFC Championship is, game. Yeah. It, they're not quite the same. Right. The Niners the D isn't quite game. there. No. I, I'm I'm laying the but three. They I mean, have, look. They, didn't have... they talk about the, the quarterback. Obviously, Rodgers is better, but I still think Garoppolo's just fine. And and you're that, saying that they game, didn't have one. Green Bay. Green Bay could not stop the run at all in that game. The 49ers ran wild on them in that NFC Championship game. They didn't have Trent Williams back then either. The 49ers did not have Trent Williams two years ago. He's, he's been a big addition for them. And the mo- most important thing to remember is the 49ers were a very public – or the Packers, pardon me, were a very public dog in that spot as well. Packers were a very, very public dog in that NFC Championship game, and they got crushed. Yeah, I remember we had Preston Johnson, former colleague here at ESPN – uh, previewing the NFC Championship game, saying, you know, I went back to the old box score. I really tried to find an angle for the dog, but honestly, it was just a complete mismatch, and I think it's going to be a complete mismatch this weekend. <laughs> and it was. So, look, things changed. Mm-hmm. That was LaFleur's rookie year. I get it, all that. But just pump the brakes a little bit, jumping on that three and a half. There's there's a reason it's an extra hook and not three. I need to go look at this. Uh, Matt Humans, contributor here on the pod, we and I always talk about it. We need to go look at the minus two and a half and the plus, minus three and a half. If you probably took plus two and a half over the years and minus three and a half over the years, you'd probably be way above 500 ATS. Um, it's just that two and a half is so inviting as the favorite and three and a half so inviting as a dog, yeah. but you got to understand why that's shaded that way with the half point. They're trying to scare you. They're trying, yeah. to, they're trying to bait you in, man. Don't, don't go for the bait. Don't go for the bait. Although I did, uh, although I, I used bears minus two and a half in a contest last week and look at that. I came out on top. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Justin Fields making the plays. Let's go to the dog pound for that game. Fields gets his first career start and going to the state where he became a household name as a college quarterback at the Buckeyes. Interesting game. It's Cleveland or pass for me. I don't think Fields is ready, but obviously he gives Matt Nagy more to do. As much as we want to criticize Nagy, he did go to the playoffs, I believe, two out of the last three years with Trubisky, who is a sort of a dual threat NFL QB. I'm curious to see how this game plays out because I, I think highly of the Browns, and I, and I think there's going to be some growing pains for Fields. Cleveland, very impressive rushing attack, but let, let's keep in mind they've got some injuries at wide receiver, Beckham, Landry banged up, not too many targets for Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield got a little banged up in that game against Houston last week too. But they're, they're very effective when they run the ball. But Chicago, very, very impressive defensively against Cincinnati. I think Cincinnati is going to prove to be a much better offensive team than people realize. And, and, and the Bears really held them in check all the way until the end of that game. So uh, we'll, we'll see. I think the public is definitely going to be on Cleveland here. But I don't expect that to be one of our bigger decisions this week. Because I do think there's going to be some support for the Bears. There was some support. When, when Chicago was getting seven and a half, and we're down to seven at the Superbook. So there, this is not, look, this isn't shaping up to be one of the really big decisions the way that the, way that the Dolphins, or that you mentioned the Jaguars, and you're right about that, or the Texans tonight. There's going to be good two-way action in the Chicago-Cleveland game, I think. Yeah, and I've been pleasantly surprised by the Bears so far. I thought they were a complete mismatch. I'm on them to miss the playoffs at minus 180, minus 220, some 240, I believe. But you know what? They've been more than competent for sure. Let's go to Colts-Titans. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz sprains not one but two ankles and looks like they're gonna go to a backup here i Mm -hmm. i don't know what to make of this colts team and this is obviously a very important game for that division we figure it's a two-horse race and uh if 
five and a half feels like the right adjustment, I would say. How does one sprain both ankles in a, in a football game? Was that it the same play? Like I don't seems... know. That's the question. <laughs> the same play yeah, I really read that makes and I was like, what does that mean? He, he, he hurt both of his ankles? Uh, the, the, unfortunately, Carson Wentz, just, he hasn't been able to stay on the field. Uh, Tennessee now five-and-a-half-point favorite in this game. The totals dropped considerably, as you can imagine. I mean, the, the expectation was the Colts are going to try to bring in the oars here. It's a tough spot for Indianapolis. They're already 0-2. They lost two home games. Now their quarterback's hurt. If they get blown off the field by Tennessee here, this could be a lost season for the Indianapolis Colts. And and with, with the way Jacksonville and Houston look, Tennessee might just waltz to another division title. I got to say the stat because it continues to win, and I don't know why I got off this train a while ago, but since Ryan Tannehill became the starting quarterback, okay, 22-5-1 mm-hmm. to the over. Just ridiculous. Now, some of that's defense, right? Wow. So that's when Tannehill's not on the field. But it's just crazy. that. And one of those was week one when they had 51 points through three and only needed a field goal and didn't get it. It was a scoreless fourth quarter. So it's crazy um, how it's all uh, it's just remarkable. But That was a great, great win for Tennessee on Sunday. Oh, great, sure. great win. Battling back, winning at Seattle. But what about Mike Vrabel? He didn't take the 10-second runoff there. And then he and then he didn't go for two. I know he got away with both decisions, but I and Tennessee won the game. But I was disappointed with uh, Vrabel, Vrabel's uh, management there at the end of the game. But he got away with it, so nobody will ever remember it except for me. I never I'm okay with the not going for two. It's a preference thing. I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I'm okay, okay with fine, it. but you got to take that ten second. You got to take that ten yes, second run. Yes, that's that's erroneous. That's, I mean, that's, that's just that's just a oh, that's a bonehead mistake. But, but getting a tie a in this bad division is not when you know Carson Wentz is hurt because by that time it was the afternoon game. Like I think that's okay. Like you know they had just yeah, dominated the fourth to quarter. Keep Seattle. Why? Yeah, but you're they not you're not the playing for a tie there. I don't know. I, I would not have expected. I know that they did get a stop, but I, I would not have expected Seattle to not score there. But they did. So they, they I mean, it worked out for them. But I, I would have gone the other direction. I, I would have. Well, yeah. Obviously, I would have taken the runoff, of course. Well, that's and obvious. I also would have gone for I also would have gone for two. But I like to live dangerously. <laughs> the reason I brought up the ties because it's a 10 minute OT. We've got to remind people that not 15. So like the ties sure. are in play and you want to kind of. If it's week 17, week 18, week 16, you got to factor in what a tie does to your playoff situation. But in this bad division, you kind of know. I mean, look, you know, you're getting the Colts at home next week. You're 0-2. Trust your defense. Look, I was okay with that. I'm not saying that's like the best decision. But you're right. The 10-second runoff was bad. Uh, by the way, tough game there for the wise overtime decided by a coin flip crowd. Hmm. Yeah. Didn't really work yeah, out. Yeah, good point. Good point. Tough no, not at all. Not at crowd. all. Uh, Chargers Chiefs. I'm fast. You got a lot you of uh, you got animosity that? towards that crowd. You got like an issue yeah, with I think that it's crowd. Stupid. I think it's stupid. It's not decided right. by a field goal because first of all, <laughs> defense is half the game. Yeah. Okay. Right. You've had sure. four quarters to sure. win the game, and to your point, you can go for two if you don't like the coin flip rule. What What other rule is there? Like, what is it? You just play a full game. Like, what are you going to do? They had four quarters to win the game. Yeah, I don't know what else At you could do. At some point, I mean, that, 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 with the physical yeah. nature of the sport, you can't just play forever. No. No, I, I agree. Uh, that's just people that complain about that, or people are just going to complain about everything, man. So don't don't let that don't let that crowd get. No, you down, I like man. the rant, and, and remember, they had four quarters to win the game, right? So sure, and you sure. can defense. Your defense can force a punt. It's not like college where they're getting the ball in the twenty-five. They're going to get on their own twenty-five. You have plenty of opportunity. Maybe go for two during the game. You can also do that. You don't have to just go for two in the fourth quarter, right? 
Oh, I'm so, with you. I'm with yeah. you. Chiefs Chargers. I'm fascinated by this because we've seen teams go two and eleven ish ATS in a thirteen game stretch, but the fact that the Chiefs are winning and not covering is what's fascinating. Now they did not win last week in this thirteen game stretch. They're ten and three straight up, but it is uh, okay. Let's go, let's go back three games, right? Because it includes the playoffs. So take out the Super Bowl. So in in the last ten going into the Super Bowl, they were uh, one and nine ATS. So pretty remarkable that they were yeah. winning all these games. And, and but not covering. I, I like them this week. Um, I think they're aware of the Chargers, that they have a franchise quarterback and they're coming for them. I think you get a really good Chiefs effort. And again, they're a Clyde Edwards delay slash Andy Reid baffling coaching decision from being 2 0. Think about the narrative on the Chiefs right now. If they were 2 0 with a win at Cleveland, win against Cleveland and a win at Baltimore, they would be like, wow, Chiefs are oh, definitely yeah. the best team. So like a, like one play, no, one play is preventing people from and Mahomes would be about four to one as the MVP favorite instead of plus five fifty. So just a lot of things that are uh, like I'm on Mahomes again. I feel like doubling up, but I have enough. I have, I have enough at plus five fifty. I'm not going to load up, but um, I, I like the Chiefs in the spot definitely as a teaser. We had some sharper guys taking seven in this game. Looks like they bought up all the sevens right now. Kansas City. Six and a half point, six and a half point favorite, pretty much everywhere. But that's nothing really unusual, you know. That it, it seems like as long as I've been living out here, the wise guys love to bet San or what was once San Diego and is now <laughs> called the Los Angeles Chargers for some reason as a road underdog. That's always the case. It's been the case for years through coaching changes, now through a quarterback change, through a city change. Chargers as a road dog is always a trendy wise guy play. Put a dollar in the tip jar for that uh, mistake on the uh, the Chargers of L.A. Mm. Uh, I like the Patriots Terrible. minus three for sure. Jameis Winston, I'm worried about a little PTSD after throwing two picks, no touchdowns last week. I'm worried that sort of the punching bag that he was a couple years ago, he's got a little unsettled now facing Belichick. New England doesn't exactly have a ton of weapons, but I do think the Patriots, again, a Saints team that is a little bit of disarray right now. Yeah, and we, we, we took a lot of money on that game when we did the 12-day line a week ago, uh, a week and a half ago, I should say now. We, we opened this game closer to a pick'em, and it got bet up quite a bit. All the money came in on New England, and it looks like those people were correct because now you see New England as a, as a three-point favorite in this spot uh, going into the game on Sunday. New Orleans is not as bad as they looked on Sunday against Carolina. But, uh, but I know what you're saying. A, a, but they're not as good as they looked in week spot. one either. Well, no, of course they're not. Yeah, no, they're not. And so, but the the public the public is is on New England here, but at, at the moment it doesn't look to be a decision for us because there's money coming in on both sides of this game. All right, real quick before we get to the bonanza, we're up against the clock. Giants, Falcons, anything there? Not really. I mean, the Giants just totally gave that game away to Washington. Uh, kind of a funny Thursday game a week ago. Uh, and then Atlanta, another bad loss. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what Atlanta's doing, right? You know, there were all these quarterbacks in the draft this season, and they took a tight end with I think the fourth overall pick. I don't have anything against Kyle Pitts, but it, it just doesn't seem like Atlanta has any kind of a plan. Awesome. And the, the Giants Monday definitely. Don't, the Giants definitely don't have a plan. The Giants have no plan. The Giants, like I, I don't know what they're doing. Well, with, they, they uh, have their Gettleman pieces in place. And, they're okay. They're going to be okay. I, I think the Giants are okay. They're not going to the playoffs or anything silly, we'll but they're going to be okay. The Monday night game, a lot of money on Dallas from both sharp guys and public players. Some sharp groups were taking Dallas. They laid three and a half. We're at four in that game. It's bounced 
back and forth a little bit between three and a half and four, but there was definitely some respected money on the Cowboys laying three and a half. Could be a great spot to bet Dallas if they had lost last week and they were 0-2. Dallas has really had the hardest schedule in the NFL so far at Tampa Bay week one, at the Chargers last week, and now they get a pretty solid Philadelphia team coming in coming into Arlington this week. So really tough schedule for the Cowboys so far. And they've looked pretty good. You got to give some credit to Dallas. Yeah, they have. They have, although we'll see. We'll see. I think still think the defense is pretty weak. Fortunate win. Chargers shot themselves in the foot. I believe two touchdowns called back with offensive penalties. Some but tough Dallas calls. Some made tough the play. calls against the Chargers. The Chargers like, really had. I think your boy Jerome was The Chargers was on had a game, gripe right? with the officials. Was he? Oh, that would have been great. Uh, the, uh, the I know he's doing Sunday night football this week. Uh, but oh my God. There, the Chargers had some gripes last week. I had that one play where they called Herbert down for a sack. Uh, that was a that was a ridiculous call. That was a terrible call. So it really wasn't a big decision for us in the book. But I, I was rolling my eyes at a few of those calls, and it seemed like they all went Dallas's way. It's just what I saw. Let's get to the bonanza. All right, Murray, solid start in the Bonanza, 2-0, $2,000 up. I get the over on Monday night, so I'm in the black as well, though I took a hit on those, I believe, Pittsburgh Steelers. So I'm only up $100. Uh, you're up $2,000 fictitious dollars. Uh, what is your play? I think you alluded to it earlier, but what do you got? I, you know, I think I'm going to just stick to my guns. My original play was uh, was the Miami Dolphins, and I, I see that our, our buddies at the South Point have four and a half on the Miami oh. Dolphins. Uh, I do I do think Jacksonville uh, plus seven and a half minus one ten is probably the right side, but for now, I'm, I'm just going to go with Miami plus four and a half. I'm going to do it for two thousand. So you know, you know, I'm I'm going to be at the game. I'm going to be at Allegiant on Sunday. I got to be there to to watch my investment of 2,200 fake units for the Bonanza. So put You're me down for Miami. You're such a suit rolling with the game and everything. I know. I'm going to be there just glad-handing people and, uh, you know, just trying to trying to pretend like I belong. But I, I want, I, I've got to be there to watch my investment here on, on Miami, plus the four and a half. I think it's an overreaction to what I admit has been a very impressive start by the Raiders. All right, I'm going to do a $1,500 teaser, KC minus a half, and your Buffalo Bills, excuse me, the Buffalo Bills against your Washington football team, Buffalo minus one and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, or there's some sevens out there. Do I see seven? Do, anyone, do I see a seven? Uh, no, I do not. Oh, I see no, one seven, no, but that's seven, Vandal. No. That's, they're not local. Okay, so I'm going to do that. Do you have any other plays? Uh, not right now. Uh, I'm going to keep an eye. There's a couple games I got my eye on. I might tag you, and I'll tag our friend uh, the Bonanza Burner. Yeah, Darren, and I'll yeah. let you know if I. Darren, great intern. Uh, <laughs> so I'll let you guys know if I add anything. But for now, I'm just going to go with Miami, and I'm going to sit up there with the other high-powered executives and watch the game. Yeah, kiss a few babies, shake a few hands. I- I'll do a nickel each on Detroit first half plus four, and I'll do a nickel on Jacksonville plus seven and a half. So small, small, small five hundred. Like a small fifty in the old days, small five hundred. I don't like Jacksonville. Yeah, I don't like this. Uh, I don't like this new Doug. This this Doug betting. Hey, Nichols. settle down. Who is this guy? We uh, we might come off this. the bench, Murray, for Sunday night. Big middle opportunity there. <laughs> Niners minus three and a half, and the comeback and like seven and a half in the live line or something like that. All right, all right. It's Fair just enough. hard to middle four though. It's the I think sixth most common margin of victory since the extra point moved back. So four we used to think was such mm-hmm. a key number. It's really not as much anymore. Sure. But we'll see. Small sample size, about five years or so. Fair enough, man. Well, I wish All you the best of luck, but I will be rooting against your Raiders on Sunday afternoon. Uh, well, you want? We'll be rooting for the Raiders to win by three. How about that? 
I can live with that. You can live with that. All right, be well, man. All right, guys, thanks. All right, that's going to do it for this edition, the Daily Wager Extra podcast. Again, Daily Wager, regular podcast, in and out in less than 10 minutes every single weekday. And then we have the extra ones as well on Thursday and Sunday night for football, uh, sort of recapping and previewing. Good luck to everyone this weekend. Thanks for listening to Daily Wager Extra. Come back for new episodes six days a week, every week, wherever you get your podcast. 